0: Hey guys, it's Chrissy and Carrie. And we are Status, Status Macabre. Haha,
1: ha, switch it up for you, Charles.
0: Haha. Ha. I know that was really quick too. <laughs> so um welcome back guys. Um, I'm a day later than normal and I'm She's two days later than normal, one day later than she said she'd be just, you know. I know, I'm so sorry. So all this house stuff has gotten us a little bit crazy and
1: work and
0: Oh God, you have no idea. So um I forgot how pain in the ass moving was and just purchasing a house and all that crap and I was out of town and so it's yeah. When it when it rains it pours. As it is as now. I was
1: about to say As it
0: is now. As a matter of fact, it is pouring like a mofo outside. Yes. And it's yucky so and anyway so this episode's coming out this evening so if you're listening to this it's probably after 10 (laughs) o'clock after i've had time to edit and post and do all those things so yeah it's just yeah so i found out i probably have gallstones today so that's awesome love that (laughs) she's she's just unloading you guys i know i'm just (laughs) venting i can't and oh i'm telling you i just one thing i just need one thing like one good thing well this is gonna be a great podcast it's gonna i mean well duh yeah but i mean outside of that i need you know i need to hit the lottery i need something (laughs) i need something
1: how about we get drinks one night this week
0: oh i could definitely do that unless they're like okay you have gallstones no drinking forever and then i may have to just i don't know i'll
1: I'll send you pictures from the bar
0: (laughs) yeah yeah. this one's for you chrissy
1: this shot's know, for you chrissy. i know Gene.
0: appreciate it
1: no chrissy, I, tell me which
0: drink you'd like for me to have next oh, i'm hoping it's just like sludge and i hope li- so too and that they're uh, like um, although that sounds gross i think you can and there goes the cat <laughs> every damn time i'm taking that little bastard home with me tonight so yeah i hear you come on in buddy so yeah you guys hear the cat and he's just screaming at us because that's what he does Okay, just shut it. He's just gonna sit there and yell because he can. He's oh, a.
1: So, so, so I'll tell you, and this is the first time Chrissy's hearing this. One day last week, you know, puppy goes outside to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Kitty cat goes inside because he's got his little spot, right? Right. So, <laughs> puppy, I will let him out of the bathroom, I mean, the bedroom door into the backyard. And I'll just kind of push it shut, but I don't push it all the way shut. So he nudges it open when he wants to come in. Yeah. Always has done it, not a big deal. It doesn't go open very wide. Right. So I realized, I'm like, oh, puppy's back. Let me go and shut the back door. I have no clue how long it had been open. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let's check, make sure, make sure Mr. Jingle's sitting outside. <laughs> I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess he's under a bed somewhere because you don't see him. Yeah, you oh, don't I know. See him at all. Yeah, yeah. And I shut the door and I think I my brother calls. I'm like, hey, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I'm like, I hear cats screaming. What's going on? (laughs) Oh my God. Mr. G I go running to the back door. Mr. McFlovers is standing there and i can see him through the glass he got pissed at and you. he is mad at me right like i am so sorry and you know how the cats do when they walk away and they shake their back legs yeah like he was just running and shaking his legs and i don't think i saw him for two days after that
0: like i was like i am never telling chrissy you about done this. did pissed him off oh my God. that's okay we- so that might be why <laughs> that's totally like we've done that before and he's oh god all up underneath the deck you can't get him it's like you coming out you bastard oh he's why well, didn't you know he was out there oh, and you know i dick. thought
1: about it i'm like thank god because i have the you know the wooden fence oh he's not going anywhere i I hey you said that and i was like no if a cat goes outside no he did not go anywhere but he went around the yard because when i poked yeah. my head out i didn't see him because oh. i got tiny postage stamp yards so he must have went to the side of the house and- yeah
0: probably <laughs> Don't know what he was doing, but he was just checking things out. Yeah, chasing Dang. some lizards. Yeah, who knows? It's okay though. He's back. And that's all that matters. Me. Yeah, that's fine. fine. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna try and uh, get started. I don't think we have any business other than me just blabbing about things that are no. crappy in my life. But um,
1: <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no business. Nothing
1: uh, of you know. Nothing significant. Ex- I was gonna value say,
0: because th- yeah. we're both
1: tired. I know. Not that we don't enjoy doing
0: this. I know. I love doing this, but yeah, it's I'm just this week's already sucking and today's only Tuesday. <laughs> it's okay.
1: All day today, I thought it was Monday, and then on Monday, I thought it was Wednesday, and I don't know what is wrong with me.
0: What is wrong with you?
1: I just feel like I've been working all, all weekend and Clearly. I
0: and I had a great time
1: right. this weekend. I didn't work this weekend, but I don't
0: I don't know. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, This is part two of Jane Topin, Jolly Jane, and um, I just want to do a quick recap. So in our last episode, we discussed how Jane, um, at a very small age, was dropped off by her father at the Boston Female Asylum, where she was sent to work for Miss Anne Topin and her daughter, Elizabeth. Right. That's yes. right. Good refresher. She was treated very poorly by Mrs. Topin, um, but loved dearly by Elizabeth. At the age of 18, she was given $50 as payment and decided to stay on with the Topins to continue to serve um, and handle the household for Mrs. Topin. Um, we know that Jane um, had deviant tendencies um, before she started poisoning everyone, because and killing them rather, because she poisoned um, the Topens um, by baking wisteria in Elizabeth's birthday cake, um, and that And made then them, claiming she yeah, didn't
1: know, like, I didn't know. I had nothing. no clue if I put a wild plant in there that it would kill anybody. I didn't know that. one. That is not wisteria. Isn't the one that grows up the trees and kills them?
0: I have no idea. It's a flower of some sort. Yeah, I thought. it's got a beautiful, beautiful
1: purple flower. flower. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it, yeah, you, I think it vines around trees and it. Yep. Yeah. Probably eventually it just gets, suffocates them. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it made him really sick, um, and she was bitter and upset because her fiance, if you wanna actually call him that, Tom Higgins, um, abandoned her and married another woman. A woman scorned. Yeah. She's, this is this is what this is, right? She's extremely <laughs> scorned by that. And while she was accepted into two prestigious nurse, nursing programs, she was ultimately expelled from one for disobeying the rules. Because remember, she left a shift and she was like, toodles, I right got to get out. Right at the end, right? Because, like- yeah, because nobody, nobody appreciated me. And then um, the other, she was um, kicked out because she killed a patient. Mm. Um, well, now the staff thought it was unintentional. Um, she still killed the patient. And we all knew she did it intentionally. And she was crawling up in the beds with, oh, with those right. patients. That's right. Lifting, lifting their... Gowns. Night gown. Their dressing gowns and getting all in between them.
1: <laughs> Gross.
0: Their, their folds. So <laughs> I, don't, I, I couldn't think of anything that's the first thing that came to me. <laughs> anyway, so here we are. So after Jane uh, was expelled from Cambridge Hospital for unintentionally poisoning Maddie Davis, now remember, we're saying unintentionally, it was actually actual right. intentional. Because uh, that
1: she was never convicted of this, right? Correct. They yeah.
0: all thought, yeah, well, there's, you know, somebody of Somebody Jane's either skill. didn't want to
1: deal with it or correct.
0: they really they just didn't couldn't think. picture her doing anything, right? That <clears throat> wicked. Because
1: she looked like Santa Claus's wife.
0: The, yes, you were correct. Um, she limped along, drinking way too much, and she ended up running from an elderly couple, um, Mr. and Mrs. Dunham. Now, Israel Dunham... Was suffering from summer sickness, which to my best guess is like typhoid fever or like gastrointestinal issues um, because he complained a lot about being in pain. And so when I looked up summer sickness, it was a a lot of it was like gastrointestinal diseases. So I don't know, maybe ate too much watermelon or something during the summer. Hell if I know. But anyway, apparently a lot of people got it back then. So Israel depended on Jane to care for him. And one evening, um, Jane came home from the bar drunk as a skunk and unable to really talk coherently. And she offered um, to give Israel something for his pain as his stomach was just really extremely upset. So that night, um, Jane decided that would be Israel's last night. She offered him a drink of her Hungarian mineral water that we know that she had given, you know, to others, which she claimed was like a cure-all for everything, and dropped two atropine tablets into a glass and then gave it to Mr. Dunham. As the atropine coursed through his veins, she rolled Israel onto his side, lifted up his gown, and inserted a morphine-infused enema which
1: thank I, you i mean what do you say thank you may I have mean, another i
0: don't <laughs> yeah i don't honestly she had morphine coming out every orifice and like i don't know where she got had it maybe she had a morphine garden i don't understand where she got all this damn she got it from, from from work i know but she was like a, she wasn't i and mean she was they, they just count,
1: stole yeah they probably didn't count it like you know now tons I think of it because she wasn't
0: at the hospital anymore I mean, she Uh, had been fired. Maybe, yeah, she
1: had to have had a stockpile
0: of it. Clearly she had a stockpile of it. So anyway, um, there he is, you know, with an enema in his rear end of morphine. And then she waited for his pupils to dilate, and his body began to twitch. She pulls back the covers and spooned him. And when his body began convulsing, she masturbated until he stopped.
1: And just know, you you lovely people, that anything you put in your rectum at this point is coming right back out.
0: You know, I never really thought about that, but I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm literally Thanks trying to adding picture adding this, some right? some color. <laughs> wow. Thanks for adding color. There's uh, your flair. There's your flair. Anyway, I mean, the fact that she's masturbating to it, it says
1: something that I would not expect a female to do, right? I mean, uh, well, that I haven't she heard was of twisted. one doing, but you know, like,
0: well, she was crawling into bed with every patient, that, a patient that she had poisoned, and you know, I and doing stuff, yeah, which is so crazy. But anyway, so. Um, She then slept, and when she woke up, she jumped out of bed, smoothed her skirt like nothing had happened, rotated Mr. Dunham so that he was on his back, and and then she went to bed. So, of course, no one in town suspected a thing, because how could anyone suspect anything as vile as murder from a woman like Jane? Because remember, she's kind of homely. Homely, she's a big old lady, and she was very skilled as a nurse. It just didn't make any sense. And again, she was called Jolly Jane, so they just didn't think she had the temperament to do something like that. They believed Mr. Dunham had passed during the night in his sleep, and Jane tended to Mrs. Dunham's needs and took care of everything needed to meet society's grieving rules. Because again, remember, you have to put the coverings over the mirrors. Right. You know, you, airing of the body. <laughs> All those disgusting... The windows, cover the
1: clocks, or we'll stop yeah, the clocks. Stop whatever. the clocks.
0: Yeah. yeah, you have to close the windows. You can't leave the windows open. Oh. But um, at this point, uh, she had learned to disguise her Irish accent and learned um, how not to be Irish. So when um, money seemed to disappear from Mrs. Dunham's um, drawer... She didn't think Jane had anything to do with it. And uh, Mrs. Dunham actually pointed toward the Irish help, which was another girl that I think her name was Bridget or something that had been working um, for Mrs. Dunham. So this whole time, you know, Mrs. Dunham, imagine being, you know, Jane, she's Irish, while she may not admit to it or, you know, broadcast it. Mrs. Dunham's talking shit about, you know, the Irish and how they can't be trusted. Right. But, you know, Jane then chimes in and says, you know, yep, can't trust the Irish. So she's, you know, definitely kind of a chameleon in, in, a, in some sort of way. But um, So the fall after Mrs. Dunham ended her grieving, she fell ill with some unknown disease. She remained sick for weeks, and it wasn't really diagnosed what she had, but she truly really did get sick. Maybe it was summer sickness, I don't know. But Jane did not wish to see her suffer, so she essentially put her out of her misery by introducing her to that same Hungarian mineral water that she had given Mr. Dunham. And Mrs. Dunham lay dying. She, once again, slipped into the bed and had her way with whatever she did. (laughs) I wonder if she got the morphine enema, too. Um I I don't know um whether or not um what concoction that she had given Mrs. Dunham it was likely outside the uh, Hungarian mineral water Well right which generally had um the atrophine tablets in it mm. cuz that's what would dissolve in you know that mineral water okay so she was generally given that she kind of stayed with the same poisoning methods. Um, she experimented a little bit, but that was kind of really early on when she first started killing. She realized what worked and what didn't work and stuck with it and stuck with it. So So with nowhere to live after Jane killed the Dunhams, um, Jane wrote to Elizabeth. Now remember Elizabeth is her you know foster sister, if you want to call her that. Now, they had been in correspondence over the years since Jane left, and Elizabeth had remained devastated just that she had left in the first place. And so it was a very hurtful um, subject, but Jane did write occasionally. She never got over her leaving, and so when Jane wrote Elizabeth and suggested that she come visit her at Buzzard's Bay in um, it's Catamount. Um, which is the Cape Cod area of um, Massachusetts, Elizabeth jumped at the chance. Now, Elizabeth was diagnosed with melancholia, which... Melancholy, which is the same same thing that... everybody has. It's basically depression. We talked about this in our last episode. But, I mean... I guess something didn't go her way. I don't know. It could be because Jane was gone. She she didn't have children. Who knows? could be a a ton of different reasons. Well, Oramel, her husband, thought it would be good for Elizabeth to get out and took her to the train station the next morning. He gave her almost $60 and told her not to come back with a single penny. Now, $60 back then was a shit ton of money, I would imagine. So, you know, when things cost five cents... You know, (laughs) you have a lot of things you could buy. A lot
1: of things she could do.
0: Yeah. So by that evening, she had reached Buzzards Bay. And um, Jane was basically waiting there for her with open arms. And they go back to Jane's place. It was small. And it was a room that she was renting. It was, you know, her house. It was like a one-bedroom little home. And Elizabeth was uber proud of her and thought, you know, she... While it might not have been much, it was hers, and she she was just really proud of her. The next morning, Jane made Elizabeth coffee, and they got dressed and walked to town to get some saltwater taffy, which Elizabeth paid using her own money. The entire afternoon, Elizabeth talked about herself and how carefree she felt being there with Jane, and that, of course, annoyed Jane because she felt like Elizabeth was really self-absorbed, While Jane was tending to patients and making sure that they stayed alive, people were dying on her. And so she just couldn't understand how Elizabeth felt so carefree and wonderful. And she's sitting there going on and on about herself when she hasn't given really Jane an opportunity to talk. Um, She did give Jane like this beautiful hat that, you know, she was trying to shower her with some kind of affection and, and material things. And You know, Jane just couldn't get past the fact that Elizabeth was maybe a little self-centered. So when they got home from being out all afternoon, Elizabeth said she was overheated and asked for a glass of water and said that she was going to go lay down. Which I kind of thought was funny because she's at this woman's house and she's still asking Jane to get her things.
1: Well, I mean, I can't... You know what I mean? I mean? I mean, I wouldn't do that at your house and you wouldn't do it at mine, but I don't, I mean, the dynamic between this relationship, I don't, I don't know, like... Well, if
0: you were feeling really ill and you were like, hey, I gotta lay down, do you mind getting me a glass of water? I would totally do that. Yeah. But...
1: That may be what this is like then. But it was just
0: kind of weird that, you know, C- go get me a glass of water, please. Like, it was kind of, and the way that it came off, it was when I was reading it. Mm-hmm. And remember, guys, I'll, just a refresher, I got all this information from a book that is in the show notes and it's... um Excellent book, but it's about Jane Topin. and I'll um, say the title again here in a minute. But want to get through the sentence. But um, she, it was kind of made to sound like, "Go get me some water." Oh, like she and then it was, was like her an, not asking her. Yeah, and then it was kind of like an afterthought oh, of, "Please," which, like I said, I I find that funny when this woman is, you know. <laughs> essentially waited hand and foot on her her entire life and then she's like oh i'm coming to your house and i know you don't work for me but yeah give me some water go give me some water bitch and so i i think that infuriated um you know jane just a little bit which like i said i think it would infuriate me a little bit but um yeah just going back to um the book I wanted to, in case anybody is wondering, um, so it's Mary Kay McBrayer's book, and she's the author of America's first female serial killer, Jane Topin, and the making of a monster. And like I said, that book is fucking fabulous. And excuse me for using the F word. <laughs> I don't know why, I said that. but you know, just in case. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen my face. And she was like, "What?" <laughs> but anyway, it's it, it's it was a fabulous book. It was really good. The the author is just. She's got a way of writing that's really kind of keeps you on your toes. But anyway, so um, she goes and gets this glass of water and Jane poured the Hungarian mineral water, which Elizabeth did not like. She hated that water. She had tasted it before Um, and poured it over two strychnine tablets and brought it up to Elizabeth. So one could assume that she had asked Elizabeth to come visit, you know, with the plan being all along to yeah. Yeah, kill her. Yep. So the taste was bitter, you know, and but she drank it up because she was just feeling really ill. A little later, uh, her body began spasming, spasming. That's a hard word to say. And as casually as she had handed Elizabeth the water, she pulled back the bed sheet and crawled between Elizabeth's legs. Hmm. which is again, it's just she had a, a, a thing for dying people. It's just yeah, so crazy. The next morning, Jane went to Elizabeth's room and shook her until she opened her eyes, but Jane could only see the whites of her eyes and her, and her body was just shaking very violently. She ran to her landlord's house and begged her to call a doctor. And then she sent a telegram to her brother-in-law, Oramel. Oramel was on the next train out, and when he finally reached Cape Cod, Elizabeth was incoherent. He just, he was a little too late. Um, She had been sunburned, so um, because they had been out in the sun all day. They had gone and had a picnic and, you know, kind of was enjoying the outside. And she didn't have a parasol, which she Usually took, so um, her face was really swollen from the sunburn. The doctor explained to Ormel that Elizabeth had suffered from a stroke of a pop apoplexy, (laughs) which I had to look up um, along with how to say the damn word. But it's um, a hemorrhaging in her brain, and no one could have done anything to save her. So regardless you know, of calling the doctor, it was she was doomed upon saying she felt bad, you know, when she had come in from the sun. She hadn't been in good health, so no one questioned how or why this was happening. And poor Oramel just sat through the night beside his wife until her body stopped seizing, and she succumbed to the poison that was given to her by her sister. Oh. I know. Isn't that sad? That's, to me, I know everybody else... And this story basically dies, but that, that, that one really sad. kind of bothered me because I really, truly feel like Elizabeth was the only person that really cared for Jane. Yeah. And felt loyal to her. And the whole time, Jane was like, fuck you. Which, you know. Anyway. The next day is Ormel, um, he's packing his wife's things. He asks Jane if she knows anything about the money she had. So remember, yep. Ormel had given her 60 bucks. Well, all of a sudden, I uh, can't find it. Well, of course, Jane acts like she has, doesn't have a clue. Um, but she did say that she paid for some saltwater taffy the day she fell ill. And I don't think the woman spent $60 on saltwater right. taffy, yeah. but what else? Well, Ormel being in shock and believing Jane was basically a saint of some sort for caring for his wife, didn't question her about the money ever again. Um, and it, if shit didn't just get worse, Jane tells Ormel that just before Elizabeth went co- incoherent, she told her that she wanted Jane to have a gold watch that was her mother's. Oh, my God. Right? Ormel dug it out of his wife's belongings and gave it to her. And even, I think, you know, when I was reading, uh, you know, Jane was like, there's no way in hell this, you know, mofo's going to believe that, you know, my... Foster mother wanted me to have a watch, right. but let me go ahead and let me go throw a trial balloon out there and see if he he takes it. And sure enough, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Let me, let me, let me dig for it and find it for you. So he gives her the watch. Well, Jane's next victim was a woman named Myra Connors. She was the refectory matron at St. John's Theological School in Cambridge and had fallen ill and it called on Jane to nurse her back to health because she knew Jane was very skilled. And so by this time, you know, Jane isn't at the hospital. She's kind of jumping around from, right. you know, old she's patient to old patient <laughs> to old. Yeah, so she's kind of doing this private practice kind of situation. So when Jane stepped into her apartment, it was right then she had decided that Myra must die because... This apartment was fabulous. It had a kitchen, it had its own bedroom, it had a living room. It wasn't just this little shabby rundown shack that she had been living in when she, you know, had called Elizabeth to come visit, right? So she poisoned Myra the same way she did her sister and again, pleasured herself while the victim convulsed and her body seized. Unfortunately, the doctor that she was working under didn't suspect foul play at all and even though the symptoms were like very very obvious right it was strict nine nine poisoning yeah so they just assumed that you know myra had a poor heart and you know on their way (laughs) next (laughs) so after killing off myra jane offered her services to dr hodges and he was who Myra was working for. Um, and so he was unable to find a replacement for Myra at the school. So he, she was like, hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm super skilled. I have all these skills. I've gone to Cambridge. I've gone to Boston General. I'm awesome. Well, the doctor's like, eh, all right. So um, he, she also just to add to that, she told um, him, Dr. Hodges, that Myra had recommended her for the position prior to her passing because in the midst of her convulsing, she was like, "Oh, oh, yeah, let me. I think you would be great for my job. I know I'm gonna die."
1: So, oh my God. <laughs> so the, all these people are falling. None of this sounds weird to anybody. I
0: thank you. <laughs> Dr. Hodges, being in in a desperate situation because he didn't have anybody, gave her the job, and Jane set to work, patting herself on the back for being so smart. Sadly, though, managing the money, salaries, and the numbers in that job position was way beyond Jane's skill set, and she was let go and kicked out of the apartment. So, you know, karma comes around, you know, Um, she did great on the other piece, you know, with the employees' training and all of that, it was just that she couldn't do numbers, I guess. So now the next set of victims was the beginning of the end for Jolly Jane. Now this, there's a lot of people involved in this next little section, so try to keep up. I know it's, you may ask me some questions, um, which is fine. I'm getting my uh, questions ready. Yeah, I know, because <laughs> there's a lot of people, and 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 it just gets a little convoluted. So, the Davis family was thought to be a little strange. The father, Alden, was particularly different. He followed and worshipped a man named Charles Freeman, who claimed to be a Protestant and like this, I don't know, sent from heaven kind of guy, kind of like Abraham, um, and killed his little girl as a sacrifice to God and said God had told him to do it, which, you know. This this all nobody of, thought that was wrong or weird. Oh, they did, except for um, Alden Davis, who said Charles Freeman was you know there's not a more worshipable worshipped man or so in it's the world. Maybe God. I don't know. Just I. I you part. know, I'm just telling you what. Look. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just the messenger here. Continue. So yeah. So that's kind of why they thought you know huh, this family's a little bit fucked up. You know, they're following, or at least the husband, this Alden guy, was all into this Charles Freeman. So, um, needless to say, not many people were fans. Anyway, so Jane rented from that Davis family, from Alden Davis, um, almost every summer. And that's where she was going to Buzzards Bay, right, in the Cape Cod area. And so she had that room where her sister came to visit. And so, she she went every summer, and she never paid up. Hmm. She was behind on her debts, and Alden's wife, Mary, and his daughter, Minnie, were going to meet in the city to collect Jane's outstanding debts. Now, Mary went ahead of her daughter and met Jane, which basically sealed her fate. Um, She met Jane at the home of this other couple, which is the beadlesses, um, where Jane was staying at the time. And demanded five hundred dollars, which is what she owed, which back then I can't I don't even know what the equivalent is, but that's a lot of damn money, yeah and apparently promissory notes were big back then, mm-hmm. you know yeah, I just put it on my tab <laughs> so I'll sign this little document, which was probably like a little coupon right that you know I promised to pay twenty five dollars well, she had racked up five hundred dollars worth of debt well Jane embarrassed pretending to be embarrassed anyway, offered Mary a drink. And as soon as she was rested, Jane would take her to the bank and settle her debt. Well, we all know Jane. Poor Miss Davis did not last long. A doctor was called to the house. And when Minnie arrived at the house to see her mother, it was too late. Her mother was in a coma. The doctor said it was her diabetes that ended her life. And no one suspected a damn thing. And the money Jane owned was never discussed again. (laughs) So, well, for that time period, right? Right. Because everybody's upset about poor Mary. So Jane travels back to Buzzards Bay with Mary's husband, Alden, and Minnie, along with Minnie's two boys. Now, Minnie's husband, Henry, was traveling at sea. And Minnie decided she's going to stay with her father since her mother had just passed. Now, Minnie's sister is Genevieve. And she is there as well and has been diagnosed with the MOPES, which again, melancholy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I was yeah. like, is this exactly what I, what it I is. think it is? Yeah. yeah. So it's it,
0: again, she's they don't depressed.
1: don't you with, people, with shit like that anymore?
0: Well, she had lost a baby, um, which I can understand. And she had, I can't remember how many weeks she was, but yeah. she had lost a baby. So she had a miscarriage and she was upset about it. So, of course, it seems everyone at this time you know, basically has depression or some kind of melancholy going on. So it's not a diagnosis Diagnosis we should be surprised about. But now there were two fires that were at the Davises' house while Jane was living there. The first one was while Alden was sleeping. He thought he was dreaming about the war because he had been in the Civil War when he smelled smoke and thought it was part of his dream. He heard Jane screaming, and when Alden woke up, the parlor was on fire. The second fire was not at the home. He, Alden was not at the home, and this time it was the pantry that was on fire. Interestingly enough, there were two fires in one week, which started to make Alden wonder, but this was small potatoes compared to the ne- Jane's next victim. Wow. So, fires put on the back burner, And he's not thinking about it. It's Genevieve, according to Jane, had been eyeing rat poison and notified her sister Minnie. So she goes to her sister and says, hey, uh, I just want to let you know, I saw Genevieve eyeing that rat poison in the basement. And now Genevieve was diagnosed with melancholy and was often depressed when her husband was away on business. Um, and so it wasn't a huge surprise when two days after Jane told Minnie her sister was eyeing that rat poison really hard that Genevieve started vomiting profusely. Jane being an awesome nurse, <laughs> she stayed with Genevieve throughout the night and in the morning, um, presented Minnie with a cup of coffee and broke the news to her that her sister had passed in the middle of the night. So it was just like, here, madam, here's some coffee. And by the way, your sister right just died. Sorry. Sorry. I brought it for you. It's just black. Did you need cream with that? So according to Jane, Genevieve used a syringe, which was found on the bathroom floor and quickly disposed of before anyone had the misfortune of seeing what had killed her. So supposedly this uh, syringe had green Paris in it which i think is some kind of poison. It's rat poison. Yeah, i guess it's some kind of rat poison. So or ro- roach or something. Yeah, it's some kind of rodent poisoning. Yeah. So they try, you know, she tried to play it off like that is what was injected into poor Genevieve. And she was just like, yeah, i'm killing myself off. Shortly after his daughter's death, Mr. Davis also fell victim to Jane. This woman who had just killed the matriarch and her daughter boldly poisoned Mr. Alden Davis with the concoction that was in that ever-curing mineral water yeah. once again. So, so we've got three people that are now dead. We've got Genevieve, Mary, and now Alden. With only Minnie, her husband, who was away at sea and Harry, which is Genevieve's husband. And there were the kids left. Jane decided on her next victim. It was almost like eeny, meeny, miny, moe, uh, it seems like. So Minnie's grieving for the members of her family she just lost, traveled to a place that was called the Woods Hole. So they all go to this place called Woods Hole with the kids. And her friend, Beulah, and of course Jane. So there's a group of them. They go on this vacay to, give away to, to get away with from everything. Jane offered Minnie some type of whiskey, and I, I didn't recognize the name, um, and I, I didn't think it meant anything. It's inconsequential, but she gave her a whiskey and said, drink some alcohol to calm your nerves because, you know, Minnie's just so upset about all these people dying. Well, Minnie who should have trusted her gut, screamed at Jane and told her that death followed her everywhere she went. So Minnie had the right idea, right? She's thinking, all right, isn't it interesting that three people have died and you're here? Mm-hmm. So common denominator. Well, this was true, Minnie was a bit tipsy and feeling sick upon the group's return back from the woods hole. So she had had all this whiskey and she probably just inhibitions, so she yells at Jane you know, death follows you, you stupid, nasty bitch. <laughs> well, feeling horrible for what she said, she grabbed the bottle of mineral water that contained Jean's concoction that she was trying to feed her um, on top of what she had already given her um, in the whiskey and drank it all up. And so she grabbed the water, I think, just as a, oh, God, I feel like an asshole. Give me this water because I shouldn't have said that and I want to make you feel better. Right. Well, that evening, Minnie went into a coma and then, of course, died. The following week, Captain Gibbs, who was Minnie's husband, was questioned. And now that's, you know, um, Henry. He's at, he's at sea. He's questioned by the district attorney. Um, and they planned an investigation um, that was in the works of how all these, the Gibbs and the Davis family had all died within weeks and months of each other. It came out later that Jane had killed all of the Davis family in hopes that Genevieve's husband would want to marry her and let her mother their child their child. I know, isn't that pathetic? I mean we already know that she's disgusting. Oh, she's yeah, but I don't know she goes about trying to get love in all the wrong ways and all the wrong Oh yeah. You know, it's very Fucked up. It's so strange. Well, anyway, with nowhere to go after the Davis and Gibbs family had passed, Jane made her way to Ormel's house. Great. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So when she arrived, she was greeted by Ormel's sister, Edna, whose last name was Bannister. Now, neither Edna nor Ormel were expecting Jane, so they found it odd that she was there. Now, he says he didn't expect her, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Towards the end. Anyway, so Jane kindly reminded Oramel that he and Elizabeth both had told her that she was welcome back at any time, as she would always have a bed at their home. And Edna, uh, she was smart cookie. She was very suspicious of Jane being at the house and told Oramel her feelings. But he had dismissed her, saying that Jane was a kind soul who was just there to help, which is weird in my opinion because word had traveled that Jane was the only one to have survived whatever killed off, you know, the Davis and the Gibbs family. So, and he knew about it. Um, And he basically had the newspaper of where it it said, you know, this horrible thing had happened. Well, Edna felt that Jane was behind the killings. And Edna thought, and um, she, she had predicted that Jane was going to try and convince that Ormel keep her on as a maid and then try and guilt him into marrying her out of loyalty for her so-called sister. So some compromise was made and Ormel told Jane she was welcome to staying as long as she needed, but did need to find employment in her own place to stay. So they gave her her attic room back. And which, of course, wasn't ideal because it's hotter than 14 hells up there and cold as witches' titties in a brass brawl doing push-ups in the snow. So she was not happy about the fact that she was in an attic, but she was, all right, fine. Well, the next morning, Edna's predictions came true. Jane presented coffee and prepared meals for both Edna and Ormel. By the next afternoon, Edna was sick with dizziness then went into a coma and died in the night. And how someone can be like, oh my God, Jane's here. And this, my sister just happened to die. I mean, these people are dumb as a box of rocks. Yeah, they are. It's just a natural selection. The next- Unfortunate, but... I know, right? The next morning, the doctor pronounced her dead and Jane, as helpful as always, helped Oramel with the funeral arrangements. And of course he was, you know, ever so thankful, thinking- God, Jane, thank you for staying on to help me with this shit. Well, in 1901, the DA started investigations into the murders of Davis and Gibbs' family. Um, And the detective and the DA thought it was very odd that there were multiple fires, and afterward, the family started dying off. Because finally, people are putting... (laughs) Putting the pieces of I mean, the puzzle together. Ridiculous. But the fact that it
1: took this long is everybody's beyond Everybody's being mean. too nice. They don't want to offend someone. They're you know right. they're just like no it's, well well and it's also so you end up in ditches, bitches.
0: How she how she presented herself too. No one thought shit. that she could pull off some craziness like that. So they exhume the bodies of everybody that died: Minnie, Genevieve, Mary, and Alden, and Edna. And um, now they did not exhum. Oh, she's not Enna. part of the Davis and yeah, Skip so, family. Yeah, so right, exactly. So, okay, so it was going, okay. So they start exhuming the bodies, which upset everyone. Um, but they started to do another autopsy in all members of the family, which obviously took some time, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. So back at the ranch, Jane tried her hardest to work on Oramel because, as we all guessed, she was in love with him, or at least the thought of him, and wanted him to herself. It was decided that she would not go with Oramel to the funeral of his sister, which pissed Jane off because he said, "I don't expect you to go," and she said, "Oh no, no, I'm going to go," and because they had, it was, I think she was from Connecticut or somewhere else, so he would have to travel out of state. And he was like, no, no, that's very inappropriate. Because, again, you're supposed to have a, I guess, a chaperone of some sort. So maybe they could have considered it a date. I don't know. But um, she's pissed. And so in response, she went up to her room, grabbed her morphine tablets, and went downstairs to refill Ormel's coffee. Lucky for him, though, he didn't drink his refill nor any other beverages that Jane made him before leaving for his sister's funeral. So he got to live another day. When he got back, Jane had rearranged the furniture in the house. And, of course, being a man, he didn't even notice and asked Jane how her employment search was going. (laughs) Well, her response was to give him morphine lace tea. So during six days and nights that Jane nursed him, or tried to nurse him back to health, he was in and out of consciousness while she continually poisoned him. So he get, gained consciousness, and then she poisoned him again. Gained consciousness, and then he poisoned, she poisoned him again. So during a particularly lucid moment, Ormol told her to get out of his house and never return again. She threatened in return that she would tell his church congregation, because remember, he was a Lutheran minister, um, that she was pregnant with his child, and he threw her out. Now, she knew damn well no one was going to believe that, right. and she wasn't going to be able to pull that shit off. But once Oramel gained back his faculties, he told Jane that he'd pay for her to travel wherever the hell she wanted to go, but she needed to get the hell out. <laughs> Which I don't understand why you wouldn't have been like, okay, I'm calling the cops, so get the fuck out. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later because there's probably a little gray area here. So instead of packing her things, she took out about 30 morphine tablets and began, began taking them two by two. When she woke up, she was disoriented and there was a nurse by her side. Her name was Ann Tyler. Now Oramel had called her to come over once he saw what Jane had done to herself or at least try to figure out what what was going on? Well, Jane was miffed that she was still alive. So we're all miffed. Yeah, right. I don't know how many, and it didn't say how many she had taken, but she had, you know, started taking two by two. And I can't imagine how many morphine tablets it would take to kill somebody. Cause, you know, in the past, she's mixed it with atropine and also um, morphine at the same time, or she's also given them strychnine. So she's given them a concoction of shit versus just straight up morphine. So when she awakes, she says, give me a piece of bread. I'm a little hungry, which the nurse had asked her if she wanted something. So give me a piece of bread. Well, she also asked for a bag because she said she had a horrible headache. So she wanted to get in her bag and get something for her headache. Well, when the nurse left to grab the bread, Jane grabbed a vial of morphine and a syringe and then injected it into her arm. Unfortunately for her, she once again woke up, and by this time, she was frustrated as hell and said she just wanted to die. But at her side now was Ormel's personal physician, Dr. Lathrop, who asked her why in the hell she would try to kill herself, to which Jane said she was tired of her life and tired of people talking about her and just wanted out. So it's that all poor woe is me bullshit. Yeah. Why are people saying things about me when I've killed 80 people? I don't understand. Well, at this point, nobody believed, it, believed her. Um, and it came, and both her, the, I'm sorry, the doctor and Oramel came to the conclusion she was only doing this to get attention from Oramel they felt like she as a you know skilled as she was in nursing that she could not have failed two times in trying to commit suicide. Right. She was then transferred to Lowell General Hospital which was a, kind of a shitty hospital. It was definitely not as nice as Cambridge um, where she recovered good as new. She had some doctors that you know took care of her and she was fine. Because again, they all, all she took was morphine and I'm not saying that morphine can't kill you but clearly she had not taken enough right. to Kill herself. Now, at this time, detectives were having the Emmy and Emmys perform toxicology tests on bodies that were exhumed. There were traces of poison found in Minnie Gibbs, um, which immediately resulted in having detectives sent um, to question Jane. Now, this time, Jane was living at a boarding house close to the hospital that she had been discharged from recently. So this was kind of right after she had been discharged. When the police arrived, they told her to pack her bags and come down to the station with them. She did so without incident and sat quietly in her holding cell. When asked why she was so calm, she told police that the family had all died of natural causes except for Mr. Davis, who she felt had poisoned himself. Which is funny because, remember, she had told the family that, you know, that Genevieve um, had poisoned herself with, you know, rat poisoning. And she killed all the witnesses. Exactly. So, So, you know, she lies and lies and lies and lies. Can't remember probably who she's told lies to. Well, on October 31st, 1902, uh, Jane Topin was arraigned. I'm sorry, 1901 and um, in the 1st District Court of Barnstable for the murder of Mary Gibbs. So they were charging her with Mary Gibbs's, um, excuse me, Minnie Gibbs's um, death. Jane, of course, pled not guilty, and the trial lasted until November 5th. Well, on June 23rd of 1902, so a year later, the court finally found Mrs. Topin, a.k.a. Nora Kelly, not guilty by reason of insanity. And she was committed to the Taunton Insane Asylum, um, which is in Bristol for the rest of her natural life. Oh, wow. So, mind you, it's a group of men, because only men served on juries. I don't think women can do this shit Remi- or, yeah, remind yeah remind you of anything like lizzie borden mm-hmm. you know oh no no she couldn't have done that well same thing with jane they felt that there was absolutely no reason that she would have done this in, in her right mind so she was declared insane Now, that Jane was declared insane, um, she felt it was very important to provide a written confession, as no one could go back and then try her for the pain she had caused. So, they all knew that she had killed all these people because she was insane. Right. And so, because she's already in the sane asylum, she's like, "Uh, let me just go ahead and confess what really fucking happened. So, um her confession was written just before she was taken away to the asylum. So while she was in her holding cell at the, you know, County place, she, she wrote out her confession and I'm going to read through some of what she declared was true. But given that she loved to spin a story, we can't right. we say don't know 100% factually that is, yeah, the fact. So, um, Jane's opening point was, um, she was not insane by any stretch of the imagination. So that's, that's exactly what an insane person would say. Exactly. She only pretended to be insane to get a light sentence and hopefully have a chance of being free one day. So she was like, yeah, I know that if I say I'm not insane, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, no, that bitch is insane. So she pretended, supposedly. She admitted that she had killed Mrs. Davis because Jane owed her money. So remember, Mary is Mary Davis. Um, and she, she had fainted from the heat right after she had got there because when she had gotten there it was june mind you these women were dressed in yeah petticoats and layers of clothing exactly so it could have been 82 and somewhat decent but under all that layers of crap she probably got overheated and she may have almost fainted from the heat well jane thought it'd be a good as time as any at that point to kill her off um, she also admitted to setting fire to the house twice because again she had borrowed the money from Mr. Davis while um, she had promised she had provided promissory notes to pay and she couldn't get out of it so she had $500 worth of debt from you know this house she also had promissory notes and so it all added up to all this 500 bucks right well with Mrs Davis dead She was worried that Mr. Alden would start asking for the money, which is why she started the fires. Well, the fires burned up the promissory notes, and nobody asked for them again, and nobody could prove, hey, Jane owed all this money. So, I guess she's just, you know, trying, survival for her, I guess, but she's trying to get those people out of the way. Well, Jane killed Genevieve because she loved her child and wanted to marry her husband, Harry, which I explained a little earlier. But of course, Harry wanted nothing to do with her. So she (laughs) moved on to Mr. Davis. And that's Alden Davis. And the reason she killed Alden Davis was because she was afraid of him and felt like he would figure out that Jane had killed both his wife and daughter, Genevieve. So, with most of the family out of the way, she admitted to turning to Minnie and poisoned her with the mixture of morphia and atropia, which both of those things weaken the heart. And she killed Minnie because when Harry um, wanted nothing to do with her, she thought maybe Irving Gibbs, um, which was Minnie's husband, would have something to do with her. And of course, that didn't happen either. Right, yeah. So you've got a lot of... Again, she's killing off all these women just to get to the men. Which I said, she's fucked up in the head where I don't know what makes her think that if I just get this woman out of the way... Her husband will want me. Right, and I don't know if it goes back to, you know, when her fiancé left her. I think it's probably her whole child. I mean, everything. You know, and it was like, I just... I don't know, it's so weird, but why... Why go to killing? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, so she admitted that when she first became a nurse, when she was about 30 years old, she could kill people just as easy as not with the same medicines that the doctors gave their patients, which was the morphia and atropia. After she experimented with them and no one suspected of her dosing the patients, she did, you know, then she decided to make it a career. These are the patients she killed in the hospital during her first killings. Like I said, she had several different concoctions. She had the atropine, strychnine, the morphia, and atropia. She had all of these kind of different concoctions, and she knew what would kill off people easily with no pain and what would kill off people and cause them to convulse and go into So she could get in the bed with them. Exactly. That's probably what excited her. Oh, it absolutely 100% excited her. That's 100% what what happened. Now, Elizabeth's death was revenge. In Jane's head, Auntie Topin had left her property, and she knew in her heart that Elizabeth destroyed the will that indicated that information. And so she thought Elizabeth did not um, give her what she deserved. So to retaliate, she poisoned her with the intent to be vindictive. I mean, that was just straight up, I hate you, and I want to see you die. And she did it um, so that Elizabeth would suffer. She did not give her a concoction that would just allow her to die peacefully. She did it and, yeah, straight up caused that bitch to suffer. When Ormel brought in a new housekeeper, whose name was Florence, and I know we didn't really go into it at all, actually, um, jealousy took over at that point, and Jane poisoned her to get her out of the way. So with both women (laughs) out of the way, she thought that Ormel would want to marry her because she was deeply in love with Ormel. She wanted anyone that was in the way of her being you know, with the love of her life out of the way including her sister Edna. Not her sister, I'm sorry, his sister Edna. So, as Jane explained in her confession letter, she had killed off the three women that were standing in the way, and Oramel actually had come to visit her after that point in Katamet. So, he come on down to Cape Cod to visit her after that shit had happened because she was staying at Buzzard's Bay for a little bit. And so, according to her, they bathed together. And I think she means swimming. I don't believe her. I know. But she says that they went swimming. Um, They then went sailing on the bay and then became engaged. He then begged her to return to Lowell with him to plan a wedding in the early fall. So, when she arrived... Which is, remember, she, you know, goes to knock on the door. And his sister was already there, and they were perplexed. Right. And her timeline's all kind of out of whack, because she's like, oh, they I killed these people, and he came down, but wait a minute. He, <laughs> when I showed up, his sister's there. So it's like, the timeline's all kind of crazy, which may actually prove to you how fucking insane she is, but... Anyway, so, and, and maybe I'm just making assumptions that's the time that she's talking about. But anyway, when she arrived, he was unusually cold, which she thought was on. She was like, what the hell? I thought we were going to be married. And his explanation was that he was going to marry another woman, which is when she decided to poison him with yeah. the tea. <laughs> Jane thought if she poisoned him and then nursed him back to health, she could win his love back. She felt that she had succeeded until the detective had come and told Ormel um, to be careful of Jane because she'd likely poison him to death. <laughs> she was working on it. She was definitely working on it. At that point, Jane felt that she had lost the battle and she decided to end her life. Because, again, people are talking about me, you know. They're talking and the truth. They're, exactly. And so she was like, let me take all these fucking pills and try to kill myself. Well, she blamed all her hate of humanity on the fact that her childhood lover broke her heart. She said that once he went back on their engagement, she became hateful. She never recovered. And her reasoning for killing people was, quote, because I want to get them out of the way and poisoning is the easiest way to do it, end quote. If I, well, and there's another quote here, which I will say is pretty fucked up quote, if I had been a married woman, I probably would not have killed these people. I would have my husband, my children, and my house to take up my mind, end quote. So she's basically just saying, had I had something else to do, I, w- I wouldn't have killed all these people. In the end, Jason, or Jane lived a decent life um, in the asylum. The staff liked her. Because she was a likable person. Yeah. And she was more like one of the nurses than a patient, apparently, because she was so skilled and she knew what the hell she was talking about. Jane was allowed to roam the grounds freely without worry um, that she'd escape. She told the staff that it was the best place she'd ever been, so why the hell would she want to leave? After time, though, Jane stopped taking care of herself, bathing, changing into clean clothes, and caring for her hair. She started insisting that people call her by her given name, Honora, around that time as well. Shortly after, on August 17th, 1938, Jane Topin passed quietly in her bed at the asylum at the age of 84. So the bitch lived a long ass time. She's now buried at the Mayflower Hill Cemetery in Bristol, Mass., and she has a pauper's grave. So nobody actually gave a, a shit. About yeah. her, and rightly so. She was given just a marker, and if you look her up on like FindAGrave.com, um, it's it gives you the coordinates and,
1: and like have a picture
0: of the um, grave marker. There's just a little marker. It's not. It yeah. It just says that
1: that's where she would be. I don't feel sorry for it at all. So I feel like they should have um, given her the
0: guillotine. I know, but it just. You know, I think it's very interesting how... I don't think she was born that way. But I think life events caused her... She just had hatred in her heart. Exactly. But I don't think she she was born like that. I mean, it just... It goes to show, like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't... I think he... Not what would have caused him to be that way. BTK. What would have caused him to be that way? You have some people that were beat, abused, and they, you know, caused them to have that hatred in her heart. Which, like I said, she she wasn't born like that. All the beatings, all the bullshit, caused her to be that way. Yep. Some people, like Jeffrey BTK, they were just, in my opinion, fucking born, born that way. That way. Because yeah, there was nothing, there was what traumatic event caused them to, to act like that. Yeah, nothing because I don't know their childhood. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I mean. I don't know. There's, I, there's no significant, I mean, in in what I've read, and if I'm wrong, somebody tell me, but, you know, that, that caused them to be that way. It's, you know, sometimes you can make a fucking monster, and in this situation. Agreed. I feel like, yeah, she's a. 100%. Fucking monster. And it was made. So anyway, that's the story of Jane Topin. Absolutely agree. I I recommend reading that book. Um, and again, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's super, super detailed, but it's a great read and it goes by really fast. So um that's all I have. I know next week or Sunday, because we are just in a few days. Yeah. Thank God I started early on mine. Yeah, we um Carrie's gonna do her episode, which she's uber excited about, so I am. Um, and it's Joseph
1: Mangale, aka the Angel of Death.
0: Yeah, and you can um, look at a snippet on our website, um, Stas Macabre, and um, give us a like on any. Facebook. Yep. Um, but any platform. Instagram. Yep. yep. Twitter. Um, yep. Listen to us on um, Stitcher or Apple and give us a everywhere four star rating. Absolutely. And, uh, so until next time, everybody behave, be careful. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.